Party people, what is happening? And welcome to another edition of Talking During Movies, the podcast where we take key moments and quotes from a film to drive a conversation. And joining me today, the man, the myth, the legend. He's traveled Montana. He's been to parts unknown, all in an effort to make people laugh. He doesn't know it yet, but he's my new friend. I have all his contact information, so he cannot hide. Andy, how are you, sir? Welcome to the podcast. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. This is uh, this is freaking awesome. Yeah, it's freaking cold in here, isn't it? it? It is, but I also sit in this feminine way. I can't, I can't help it. I think I was, I don't know. I always feel self conscious of the way I sit. I sit almost like that. I just, I, I don't lean forward anymore because I'm old and my back and neck start to hurt. I think my back. Like, I think this is actually, like, part of my back injury. I have, like, really bad back from skiing. Oh, shit. And, uh, it, Hence the Jackson Hole hat. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm like, uh, I'm like a, a metrosexual that has a good amount of experience in the mountains. Um, Does Todd, do Todd and Samantha, they just bring on people that like to ski and get injured? MK was here yesterday. He broke his foot skiing. Yeah. You've hurt your back skiing. Is my, this- my back injury is from, like, when I was 18. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Like, I compressed my spine when I was, like, 18 because I used to try to be, like, uh, oh. like the guy in the park, you know? Oh, Jesus. Like, uh. doing, like, the 720s and whatever, misty flips. and. Oh, we got, we, we'll have to talk about that. Before we get down that road, before we get any farther, because I'm horrible at this, so all the socials, best place people can engage with you, any upcoming tour dates, any uh, website, all that good stuff. Let them know. Uh, it's at I'm Andy Haynes. Uh, and it's pretty much that across the board. Andy Haynes on YouTube, but I at I'm Andy Haynes on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, um, and I'm uh, gonna be in St. Louis. Uh, I think the 20th and 21st of May. I'll tell you if you uh, get if you have a, an hour. Yeah. It's kind of a fun little random thing. There's a TV show there called Vat 19. It's a YouTube show. Okay. And it's just, they just create random shit. Like, it used to be the uh, training video center for all of Budweiser. Like, they used to have a hot tub in the lobby with the Bud girls just being there. They'd be like, hello. Oh, my God. They all died of chlorine poisoning. <laughs> just, yeah, just dead Bud models. Like, well, get another one. Obviously, someone call Hef. <laughs> Order another one. Yeah. And uh, the son took it over, and he was like, fuck this noise. We're going to take the most random, weird shit in the world, and we're going to celebrate it, and we're going to sell it. So my daughter loves it. And I, in turn, now love it because I like those spicy challenges. I played the, I won't, I, you know what, I will torture the audience again. Uh, I got their jalapeno, or no, I'm sorry, jalapeno, their, go, their Carolina Reaper 
extra butter popcorn, and I ate it, and then I gave a review. Oh my god. And, uh, well, there's my face. So, ooh, it's the extra butter, the oil. See the sweat? Oh, I mean, yeah, oh you're not. Like oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think straight. The overpronunciation because of the heat. The oil from the fat from the butter. So they've got random shit. Hot stuff. But the staff is super cool. They do these great fun videos. It's awesome. It's a cute little place. That's I love awesome. St. Louis. But back to you. You're going to St. Louis. Any other places coming up that are exciting? Um, I'm going to be in L.A. I, I just got done with a bunch of road stuff. Okay. This, this uh, July I'm in Chicago and Indianapolis. You know, there you go. Hitting the Midwest. Fort, Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. But if you're a New Yorker, I'm always at the Cellar or uh, New York Comedy Club or Gotham. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we uh, the movie we picked out today is Zodiac. I mean, it's a great family film. It uh, teaches you awareness. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the teaches incompetence you, of police can be quite amazing. Teaches you how to... Uh, there's coding. Uh, <laughs> math. There's math. There's cartoons. There's news. <laughs> hey, I think... I think for every kid that goes to the math teacher, when am I going to use math? I think they should start every freshman out by watching this movie. They like see how important math is. Yeah. If you fuckers would be a little smarter with the ones and twos, we'd have caught a serial killer. But no, <laughs> no, 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 no. We can't even do algebra. I love how. Well, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Let me. Let's hit play, and then we'll just get right. We'll just get this party started here, and make sure this thing gets on mute like a professional that I am. And kicking off the conversation starter here in Ibble Studios. My friends at Independence giving me the power and light. Wow. Frosty beverage of choice. Usually I have a shower beer on a Friday morning, but I, I held back. I gave myself a nice pause so I could have a beer with you, my friend. Well, you're having a, a, a coffee like a responsible adult and me being the savage that I am. Well, I started drinking when I was 12, and so I, uh, I had to quit around 32. But <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. You, your window's way shorter when you, you know, when you do it like that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you're from New York? Uh, I'm from Seattle. Oh from, C oh, from Seattle. All right, what part of Seattle? Uh, Queen Anne. Queen Anne, nice. I used to live at the intersection of... Uh, the uh, 520 where uh, Bellevue and Kirkland, that, right. that border right yeah. there, the Burgermeister. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the La Quinta. I, was, I, was, I lived at the base of Northwest Bible College. and with, Were you a tech guy? No, no. I was a pastoral ministries major. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. they, uh, that didn't last long. Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of, uh, you're in good company. There's so many comics that have, uh, like, uh, preaching as a background. Oh, really? Kurt Metzger was a uh, Jehovah's Witness like no like full on Jehovah's Witness preacher what nobody knows this when he was like 18 he was married and he was a Jehovah's Witness Just like rolling the fire of Jesus yeah <laughs> I mean it goes way back it starts yeah. with uh, Kinnison obviously yeah um, I mean Hicks was raised in the church but then it was like like and there's a couple people that have like real strong. It's so funny too because Pete Holmes doesn't he? Pete Holmes was a. Yeah. Was, I, I think he actually kind of like went and then came back. You know. Yeah. Because I think he definitely has like a, a very strong spiritual compass. Um, there's more that I can't think of right now, but uh, there's a lot of different comics that I think I think like devout religion like you know 
it drives you to question things in the same way that comedy does. Mm -hmm. So kind of they're they're like natural bedfellows. I wish if religion was funny, like if religion could take a cue from comedy, it'd be, it'd be a little funny. It's okay yeah. to laugh at things. Yeah. But they get so wound up, and that's all of them. I mean, whether you're making fun of Jesus or Muhammad or anything yeah. else, they get really wound up, and they don't know how to laugh at themselves. Yeah, I was a religious studies major, and very few religions are 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 funny. They don't. They're not a, a big laughing audience. I would say, you know, the the people that have the best relationship, it seems like, with, uh, like, a funny god is, um, well, there's, like, indigenous people. They have, mm -hmm. like, a lot of tricksters in their, like, Yeah, well, that's true, yeah. But um, a lot of the Indian reli religions. Okay. You know, like, they, they definitely, uh, they'll have a god who's, like, a sneaky kind of, he just, like, messes with people, things like that. They, like, Hindus and I'm trying to think of the other deists or polytheists kind of guys. Anyways, doesn't matter. This is... Um, the Zodiac's interesting, right? It's, it's one of the few very popular, very explored, yet still unsolved well, cases. They, they, they tried to say they solved it this year, right? They, yeah, but then they're still like, we don't... We think it's this person. Because the guy's already dead. Yeah. So it's like, there's no, there's no DNA evidence, right? No. And they're just saying the cipher, that they figured out the cipher. And at some point, I think you're just blaming a dead guy because you can't figure out the cipher. Like, yeah. Well, who can we blame? This guy's kind of a piece of shit. Looks kind of like him. Can we just get this, can we wrap this up? Why did they say... <laughs> did anybody have any evidence to call uh, Ted Cruz's dad? Was that Or is that just like, a, like shit posters? No, there was some evidence to it. There was the look. There was timing of when his dad was traveling. There was a lot of stuff. <laughs> The problem that I have with blaming Ted Cruz's dad is that I don't believe the apple falls far from the tree, and when it comes to hard work, Ted Cruz just leaves. Yeah, and murder yeah. is hard fucking work. Yeah, and yeah. getting away from the cops is hard fucking work, and, and Ted doesn't have that in him. Yeah. So he just, he, he'd rather run and hide than actually do something. He's, um, he's from, like, around these parts, right? Yeah. I think so. But there's, you know, so you've got... I, I, I love this intro because... And I don't, you know, uh, I'm almost 50, so I remember parking. Like, I remember cruising and parking and Dude. making out. And this was the, you know, this is the boogeyman of, of, of necking. This and uh, the Son of Sam were like the two boogeymans of necking. Yeah, that, this was like, I was uh, raised in the 80s, so, you know, I was like uh, first doing this like late 90s. And uh, finding lots of places to park your car and grab a boob, you know, smoke <laughs> weed with a bunch of friends. Seattle was a good town because Seattle's like a, it's like a very like foresty kind of like green city. Yeah. So you could like, you know, be in like a neighborhood and you'd turn right, turn left, and then you'd be like in a park, like kind of a secret park, you know. I grew up on Queen Anne, which is like a hill, right? Yeah. Like there's seven hills in uh, Seattle. And all the hills have like ravines and shit like that. So there was lots of like, we're gonna drink under a bridge. Patrol under the bridge. Exactly. Yeah. SPU area. Um, that was the college I wanted to go to until my mom found out that the female to male ratio was three women to every one man. Oh, and man. they were co ed dorms. So you were raised like in the <laughs> thick of it. You were that, that real Montana, like. <laughs> I think we're probably related somehow. I have, <laughs> I have weird, like, Alberta into America religious. Oh, man, she's dead. She's dead. She's gone. She is. I wonder, you know, they've got, it's interesting, because outside of what, I think a couple of survivors, everyone else, murdered by the Zodiac, 
yet they've got all these great drawings of him or these ideas what the drawing is I remember reading the book and it scared me and I was 25 26 years old reading the book and I was just I was at pause because they were putting the real letters in the yeah. ones that they could decipher and they were you know and they were talking to people and it was uh, you know the, there was a gentleman who they thought was the zodiac who ran a movie theater and then there was just it was like down to one little thing like, yeah fuck not him and there was another as with a truck driver like that's that's our guy they're going after him going and there's like oh he had a blown out tire on that day couldn't be him mm-hmm. and but it, everyone was so close and it just if anything, reading the book and watching this movie, movie it, it gave me a lot of pause to how many innocent people are in jail. Uh, you know, a I, lot, a lot. <laughs> Especially if they're, I mean, if they're guys that got accused of selling weed or whatever, like that, millions of people. It's just it it it, it just it blows my mind, and and it's it's shocking to me because in all of this. And every time we find someone who's innocent and we let them out, they're like, well, that was just the one. Yeah. You know, and there's still no account. I mean, there's some accountability, but there's no accountability to revamping the system, revamping the questioning, revamping. I mean, Netflix had a whole fucking series on a guy who's like, okay, fine, I killed her after, you know, 40 hours of interrogation with no one there. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. Wait, which one was that? That was the, uh, the, the, the slower gentleman in, um, was it in Indiana? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, no, it was Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. yeah. But it was it's one of those things where it just I look at it and I'm like, you guys, we we see all this happening. Yeah. All of it happening. Yeah. And no one goes, should we try something different? They just dig their heels in more. Well, it's so funny how many people are like, uh, you know, um, great or, or get off because of DNA 40 years later and then you find out like their case file is like well they were like in the area and the cops didn't like the way they reacted all that kind of shit or, or you get the well I I asked him I asked him straight up to kill your wife and his emotional response was not one that is conducive to an innocent man yeah and then the reporter goes are you a psychologist no no do you read people well I'm an officer of the law for 20 years and an investigator for 15. I know people. We so just, you know this person? No. Do you know their psychological history or any trauma they've gone through and how they deal with trauma? No. Yeah. You ask them a question. Uh-huh. And that's guilty. Yes, ma'am. Next. <laughs> and he's like, you indignant fuck. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Man, the badge... Gives people a lot of confidence. It does. I you know, there's a part of me like my kid has that confidence. Yeah. She rolled up to me the other day and she's just like a little upset playing with one of the little friends. Oh, what's going on, man? You guys are playing, having a good time. Why are you why are you annoyed? Dad song came on and I was singing it and then she started singing with me. I'm a solo. <laughs> I'm not a duet person, Dad. And you gave this kid too much confidence, dude. <laughs> She's like, I'm not, I'm not a duet person, okay? <laughs> you need to tell her to zip it when I'm singing. Yeah. It's starting to piss me off. The diva's here. The diva's here. The eight-year-old diva who listens to other performers and goes, real good, obviously a little pitchy, Yeah. but real strong. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
first of all, I want I want to taste that confidence. Yeah. I'm glad you're instilled with it as a young lady, and I want you to take on the world. However, there's got to be a little reality check coming in at some Dude, point. Dude, that's my wife. My wife is the <laughs> same kind of. She's like, you know, I'll be like, uh, what did I say to her the other day? I said something along the lines of like, wait, you just did the same thing. And she goes, I get to do that. And, you know, and I was like, all right, all fine. Right. I'm not going to fight this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do not want to confront you, so I will let that one fly. You Okay, you get to do this. Is there a day and a time when we get to do this? This is also interesting because this, is, this movie took place when we had reporters. Dude, I'm. this is like, I get the Sunday Times because mm-hmm. I just am kind of nostalgic for it. And Print? I, what? Print? Like yeah. delivered that? Yeah. Love it. Nice. And uh, first of all, I've been trying to do this for years, and I finally have an apartment where they drop it off inside. My, my paper got stolen for years. Well, yeah. Because like, somebody's like, oh, this is New York Times Sunday edition. It's like a $7 piece of paper. Uh, but I, I love, I, I, I miss this kind of era of, uh, you know, newsrooms, the journalism like this. Like, I'm a big, I'm like turning into that old dude that's like nostalgic for like the simple things, you know. Baz Larman's Wear Sunscreen. Yeah. I, I, I heard that song the other day. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, that's me. Yeah. You know? And I am. I'm the old white Irish guy who wears sunscreen because when the sun comes up, I instantly get a sunburn. Yeah. I mean, my sunscreen is, is dark Irish pubs. Staying <laughs> <laughs> indoors as much as possible. This, um, I, I mean, I think I like all that kind of like simpler stuff. I'm, I'm definitely like tech savvy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like I, I'm, it's kind of like double double sided because I do like I'll go out into the woods and I'll try to camp and shit like that and then I'll be like this is boring but you know like at the same time I do love it yeah you know? where uh, so raised in Seattle, uh, what inspired you to do comedy? I was mad about, I mean I was much more idealistic but I was mad about Bush and. Iraq War two, both two, both the second ones, and I mean, I was like mad in that way that twenty one year olds are, um, and then I was also I'd been a summer camp counselor and I'd done like a bunch of, you know, just performing for kids, mm-hmm. and then I watched a Bill Hicks documentary or Bill Hicks that one that came out like in two thousand three or four. It was just like it was like the first DVD of a comic that was dead. I guess I don't know. Uh, but he was talking about Bush, he was talking about Iraq War, and I was like, oh, I, I could do that. Like, I've been wanting to do something performance-wise. Yeah. It just dawned on me. It was really weird. I had never been to a stand-up show prior. Oh, really? I'd seen Carlin. Okay. On a random, like, we were in Burlington, Vermont, my dad and my stepmom, and I was trying to think of something to buy for my dad for his birthday. His birthday was that weekend. That's why we were up there. And, uh... It was like, I, I like walked around the corner and I saw like George Carlin tonight. And I was like, oh, I'll buy this for my dad. And that was the only stand-up show I'd been to other than, but it was like, it was so weird and kind of a benefit because the second I decided I wanted to try stand-up, I had no idea what it was as far as like a career or any of that. And so I, um, I went to an open mic and I was like, let's just see what people look like at open mics. Like, how, how, how good are they? Yeah. And everybody was dog shit. And 
some of these people are my friends now, so I won't, you know, name <laughs> names. But I was like, oh, I, I can suck. Like, it was such a benefit, you know, because it was like, oh, well, if they suck, I can suck. And uh, the next week I went to an open mic and I haven't looked back. But um, it was really cool because not only had I not seen any of the classic stand-up docs or, like, uh, specials, you know, yeah. I hadn't seen prior Live on Sunset. I hadn't, I'd seen Delirious, I think. But none of the, like, the HBO Young Comedian specials with Spade and Stephen Wright and... None of it. None of it. So you didn't, did you not go through them, that imposter syndrome of where you're kind of bopping that cadence or that style? I mean, like, Rogan talks about how he was kind of like Hicks for a minute. Like, he just stole his rhythm and his jokes telling style. I stole a bunch of people. <laughs> because I had this teacher, I, I, I wanted to be a writer, and I had this writing teacher who was, uh, he said just, he just said, copy, copy, copy. What? He said, you, he goes, steal until what you've stolen is your own. Okay. You know what I mean? So just take and take and take. And I think that's actually like, it's, you know, it's not a bad thing to do, especially if you're it's going to take you I'm 17 years in so it's like if it's like 20 years in that the thing really pops yeah then that's like good you know it's like nobody saw me do the stealing uh but I went through I went through Hicks I went through Galifianakis I went through probably Chappelle uh definitely Stanhope you know like just like Stanhope seems to be one of those guys that really motivated or inspired a lot of a lot of young comics oh yeah because it was like, especially from Seattle, we only had a road. Like, there was no industry whatsoever. It was There's like, really not, is there? No, like once in a while, once in a while somebody would come in from like Comedy Central or Just for Laughs and there'd be an audition or like a big comic would come in and do a show and see a local and kind of pluck them. <laughs> right, right next to Seattle, just down in Tacoma. Just mm -hmm. shoot on down and come see me at the stadium. <laughs> You're like, how far is that? It's two hours. It's... it's <laughs> It's a good amount of distance. It's a good amount of distance. But, um, so, so in Seattle, it was like, all we wanted to do was the road, and Hicks was the road dog. Like, he was like, that's where he came from, and he was kind of this legend, because he was a guy that, you know, he was playing all these venues that we played that absolutely sucked. I mean, they were just like roadhouses, biker bars, things like that, but he could do his, like, version of comedy and win, you know? Mm -hmm. So... I think that was very inspiring for a lot of dudes. Excuse me, I'm going to burp. No, get it. Diet Coke this early in the morning. Um, but yeah, man, I... Uh, so n another question for you here. You're a comic. You're traveling. You're doing that. How'd you meet your wife? Well, I met my wife a long time ago, not that long, I guess like 2014 or something like that, she was dating another comic that I knew and um, didn't think much of it. Like, you know, she's my, a guy I know's girlfriend, so hey, nice to meet you. Uh, she had just started comedy. And then um, when I moved back to New York from LA, I went to, I went to Seattle, DC, up to New York, and then LA for six years, New York back in New York okay so um, but the, literally the night I got back I saw her at a bar and I was like oh hey how, how are you how's this you know guy that we both know and you know still didn't think much of it and maybe like two years later she was hanging out with a friend of mine and I just 
was like went and like had dinner with them and we just like goofed around and it was like fun but we were just friendly I didn't think you know I wasn't I usually didn't like seek out comics because it you know I'd been married to another comic I was not you know I the kind of shit don't shit where you eat kind of thing had run sure. through and then uh, we just hit it off and eventually we were at Dan St. Germain's wedding and uh, comics everywhere but for some reason we like just fell for each other at this wedding we danced like dummies and I, I think she was bummed because she was like oh no I like you you know like <laughs> oh god I'm hoping for so much better uh, she'll, she'll admit that too this is one of the scariest parts of the movie for me by the way this is interesting right? so they got, you got a couple laying out <clears throat> hanging out wherever back when okay. central California had water NorCal Reservoir the NorCal Reservoir and then this outfit the Zodiac's outfit's interesting it seems to be a lot he's really covered all his bases yeah. I, I, you know what let's not assume gender this person's really covered a lot of bases <laughs> okay we've got a, a, a sweet couple I think this is the one where the girl gets away correct that's how we know no. that no it's the next one yeah it's the next one so you have the little boat sign the Zodiac sign it is the nostalgia what is it about this country and nostalgia of serial killers because you can watch we have literally networks dedicated to serial killers I've been wondering the same thing because it's like like we are all I watch is murder that's all I watch I watch real murder so either the the, the channel ID yeah right, where it's just all, reruns of Dateline 48 hours and then hey and then uh, here's um, John Wayne Gacy we've got an interview with him and he's going to teach you how to paint a clown's face Forensic Files yep. American Murder whatever it is like I, I, all I watch is murder but like is it like, are we going to run out of interesting murders? Or, uh, probably not. I don't know. Not until people start planning them better. I think, I think there's probably, like, going to be a point where they're just like, hey, you, you guys got to go out and kill some people. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in, one, in a good, healthy relationship. You just be like, I watch a lot of Dateline. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, you do you. I watch a lot of Dateline. Yeah. I just watched the thing about Pam. Actually, I was going to chime in on this. If you want to get mad about police uh, ineptitude, the thing about Pam is like a Dateline about... Um, oh, is that good? The The Dateline's fine. Yeah. But then the the TV show they made over... Mm -hmm. the, like, uh, it's got uh, Renee Zellweger playing the... That's Renee Zellweger? Yeah, she put on a fat suit. Okay. Yeah. I just I, I saw the face. It looked a little familiar. Obviously, people age; their face changes. But I just didn't recognize her that much. Yeah, she plays a very evil woman, but nice. like a uh, evil woman packaged in like a suburban mom kind of thing, dude. It's why do you think America has so many? And, and the FBI will say we have like active about a hundred serial killers across the nation. Why, why, why do we have so many serial killers? And you're like, this is not. My listeners right now are like, nothing to do with comedy, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you're correct, folks. But we're watching a movie about serial killers. So fuck off. Why? Do you give a an idea? I mean, I actually think it has to do with comedy to some extent. Well, they got Barry. That show, Barry. Yeah. He's a serial killer in a comic. They're here, by the way. Are they here? Yeah. Segura. I'm sorry. I I, he, I think he might have killed some people. Yeah. Tom, is a little too comfortable talking about stalking women. 
and murdering Starbucks baristas to get his order wrong. Yep. On a regular basis. And his wife doesn't laugh quite as hard at those jokes as she does at other jokes, which makes me think a couple of bodies in the basement. There's a lot of death there. God, I mean, if you were super rich, that might be kind of fun, you know? Just not, well, you know, Tyson said that. Bring home a drifter once in a while? Tyson said that. He goes, Mike Tyson? Yeah, he goes, rich people hunt homeless people. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, I'm pretty sure you're just admitting you've hunted homeless Surviving people. Surviving the game? Staring uh, <laughs> iced tea? It's just awesome. He is, um, Tyson is, uh, yeah, that guy, you saw that he beat someone up on the plane, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that really rings true to a social media quote where he was just like, social media has made people soft. And you can just talk shit to anyone without any repercussions. And did you see the video prior before he punched him? The yeah. kid? So the kid was like throwing shit at him. He's like, fucking peasants up here. The guy, the guy was drunk. And he just kept talking shit. And people were like, hey man, that's Mike Tyson. He goes, I don't know what the fuck Mike Tyson is, but we're on a plane. He can't do anything. He didn't know. <laughs> just He was like, we're on a plane. He's not going to do anything. Dude, we're on a fucking plane. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I thought he was just being an asshole because it was Mike Tyson. He he randomly fucked with Mike Tyson? Yeah, he figured out who it was then, and then he's just like, still, he's not going to do anything. We're on a fucking plane. Like, he's, if you do anything on a plane, you go to jail. And it's like, not Mike Tyson. Was he in the air? Yeah. Oh, my God. They were boarding. They were coming on. This guy's just fucking with him. And then all of a sudden, and, and you get the, the passenger video, they show him that, and you see the guy look over, and he's just all fucked up, and he's like, that's a fucking peasant right there. Fucking peasants. Look at this piece of shit. And the guy's like, hey, man, yeah, I wouldn't do that. He's like, fuck you, I'll do whatever I want. And oh, the next beautiful. video is a guy walks by, and you hear, Mike, Mike, not Mike, Mike. And it's a barrage. Yeah, I saw the I saw the over the seat thing where he's just punching him. And then you see the guy's face at the end. No, no, is he? Oh, in the up? end, he's just like, huh? his eyes are a little crossed. <laughs> he's all cut up on one side. You can see it just starting one side of his face just starting to bruise. Starting to grow, yeah. Just starting to grow a little bit. And I just, you take a moment and you're, first of all, I get that he's famous. I get that he's done some fucked up shit. He's done some weird shit. He's done some cool shit. Yeah. I can't imagine being under that much pressure. When my death threats made the front page of the New York Times, I hid in Denver for two weeks. And I didn't know how to handle the pressure of just something like that. And that's one paper. It turned out to be about 900 papers globally that picked up the story. But it, then it was gone. Like, it, like two days later, it was gone. You had death threats? Uh, it was getting about 1,000 a minute. For what? I invented uh, with another person a caller ID spoofing. Okay. So I can call from my cell phone to yours and have your wife's phone number pop up. That's beautiful. <laughs> well, the telemarketers and bill collectors love it. And so does the government. Yeah. Because what the government does with it, especially when uh, thwarting crimes and, and uh, drug and arms dealings. Yeah. When you're in prison, you know, you don't walk around with a Rolodex, you remember phone numbers. Yeah. So they'll take a person, let's say I'm the bad guy and you're the cop. You'd see, you, and I'm getting out, and I'm known for selling drugs. Yeah. Jay's back out on the street. You know he's going to go sell drugs again. You just uh -huh. know it. Yeah. What numbers did he dial? And they follow you. You get a burner phone. They pick up that serial number, right? And they pop the burner phone. They see what numbers. As soon as they see the numbers, you're like, and I go, hey, we're going to meet at the park. And I'm going to give you X, uh -huh. right? Then you can text that person and say, hey, cops are on to us. Change of plans. Meet at the mall. Yeah. So the person just zips over to the mall, I'm sitting there in the park, dick in hand, 
Yeah. And you've busted all the goods and taken them all. Okay. That's great. Bill collectors call. Like, that's why you'll get the random spam numbers that are your local area code. We created that strategy. Because the likelihood of someone picking up an 800 number versus a local 512 Dude, I get calls all the time from the Northwest. I know that they're... If, if I get a call from the Northwest... From you know, it's spam. I'm like, oh, it's spam. Yeah. It's actually kind of convenient because I'm like, oh, well, that's not anybody I know. That's spam. I was telling my mom that this was going to happen. And she's like, I don't fall for this. I'm like, you don't fall for it? She goes, Jason, I'm a very smart woman. I was like, okay. The next day I called her. And I came up and I had the phone number come up as, as Visa. Yeah. I said, uh, hello, it's a Brenda's outfit. This is Brenda. Hi, uh, Brenda. This is uh, Bob Freeber, uh, Visa Security, badge number 792871. Uh, no worries. I'm just calling. I just want to verify a couple of purchases. I don't need any information from you. I just need to ask you one simple question. Okay. Did you just buy uh, two 70-inch TVs at Walmart? Because it seems irregular from your buying patterns. No. I don't know. Okay, well then, obviously this has to lead to one more question, if you don't mind. Sure. Did you increase your credit limit to $25,000 last week? No! <laughs> Ma'am, the reason interest rates are high, some people think we're taking money from you, some of that is paying my salary for security so I can protect you. Yeah. So don't worry about a thing. Here's what we're going to do. One, I need you to go cut your credit card up right now. Two, you didn't make your mom cut her credit yeah, card. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> Hundred percent. Then I so I hear cut it. Okay, is it cut up? You throw it away. Now, the address that you have for your card. Can you please verify it for me? She gives me that. Fantastic. Got that now. And this is before the little three-digit code was on the yeah. back. This is twenty years ago. And uh, she's like, okay. And so we go through that. You know, I just want to make sure your name on it was this. Yes, that's the address. All right. Now I'm going to mail you a new card. It's going to come in two weeks. If it doesn't come in two weeks, just call Visa back, and uh, we'll make sure you've got it. Ignore all the charges. If you get a bill, ignore that. We're taking all of this off, but that's going to take 14 to 21 days because we have to talk to the retailer. I've got to get video surveillance. If you don't mind, uh, can you please mail Visa a picture of yourself? Just photocopy a picture, fold it up. Attention to myself, please. Would you need me to um, spell my last name for you? Go through the whole thing. Yeah. She's mailing shit to Visa. Attention, Bob Freeber, security analyst. <laughs> just a picture of her. She's just like, ah, just all fucking freaked out. She calls me and she's like, you wouldn't believe this, but I think your little shenanigans got me hacked. Yeah. Calls me like four days later. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, I had to cut up my Visa card. I had to mail them a picture of me. I did. I'm like, that was me on the phone, you fucking dummy. <laughs> Oh, Mrs. I don't fall for this shit. It was your son. It's my voice. You, you've known me for almost Jesus. 50 fucking years. Yeah. You didn't, I didn't disguise my voice. Well, the caller ID said Visa. Have you... Did you used to prank call your mom a lot? Oh, at one time I was on... Which t I was on a TV show. Uh, shit, I forget the name of the TV show. And um, oh, there was an actress on there. Beautiful woman. Yeah. Natasha Hendrich. Yeah. She'd just come out with this new movie. We were we were there, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. Standing ovation for it. This is beautiful. Yeah. And the showrunner comes and he goes, hey, let's have some fun. You want to do something fun? I go, sure. 
goes away. And I said, let's prank dial my mom. I'll pretend I'm drunk with a girl and we're driving to Vegas to get married. Yeah. He's like, sounds good to me. So on the show with this girl, Natasha sitting next to us, I'm like, how's mom? Mom's Jason. So I'm not driving. But I just want to let you know she's a happy lady. We'll get married. Going Vegas. <laughs> remember, remember Bill? He's driving. I got, I got, I got Lacey next to me. Lacey, ah, because she's classy. <laughs> and my mom's super religious. Like, I, this is not my son. My son doesn't get drunk. I'm like, oh, I get drunk, lady. Ooh. <laughs> I'm drunk now. The cow like, we're going to Vegas. Wow. And she's like, well, you just tell my son. Because now the lace is on the phone. She goes, just tell my son, please, just to mail me the keys to his car. And um, I'm not paying for his college anymore. I'm like, you weren't paying before, lady. You're just signing the loans. I'm <laughs> just being a dick. <laughs> well, this goes on TV. She hangs up. Hangs up on us. Jeez. She thinks it's real. Yeah. Will not call me back. I didn't realize, also, then we call this girl's dad, who's a pastor. The actress. No, uh, this is the girl Lacey, oh, who's okay. up there with me. We call her. She's got a pastor dad. He's like, no, 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 no. I will hunt you yeah, down. Like, I'm going to kill someone. No. <laughs> and just hangs up the phone. They call back. The mom answers. He's praying. We need to leave him time with Jesus. Thank you. And hung up the phone. So now she's in the back crying. She's in the green room bawling her fucking Lacey. eyes out. Lacey is. I'm laughing with my friends. I'm like, shit, I'm going to talk to my mom for at least a month. Fucking great. <laughs> She'll figure it out. Then the show airs. Then her phone gets blown up. Then she calls me back. Your mom? Yeah. Oh, okay. She's just like, hey, dickhead, not funny. Did you, wait, did her phone get blown up by her friends? By or? her friends who saw the oh, late show. I thought you accidentally. No, no, it, it aired on TV and her friends watched it. And oh, they're like, that's Your great. son's on TV. <laughs> You're not very nice to him. And she was like, fuck I mean, she was so pissed. That's great. She almost cursed. Little, five foot one, 110 pound Irish woman. Yeah. Who's just mean as shit. Great. And, and, and just capitalized it after slapping with, that's from Jesus. Because <laughs> 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 he loves you. He loves giving you the pain. It was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I used, to, I used to practical joke her a lot. And I would get in trouble. I'd do jokes at church. Yeah. About some fake dog shit. And this is, by the way, this is how racist and dumb Montana is. And I'm from Montana, and I love the people there. Yeah. I love them. We had, uh, and I didn't realize any of this was happening in the background. Our church had brought in and adopted some kids from Africa, like eight of them. Yeah. I sneak up before service starts, and I put a big, fake lump of shit on the pastor's seat. Oh, my God. He walks up, sees it, and just throws it right off. Doesn't even acknowledge that it's there. And it lands under the piano. And everyone thinks the African kids shit under the piano. So they're having a meeting with the African kids, showing them where the restroom is. Oh, my God. Let me walk you around. Now, see, this is where we do our poo-poos and pee-pees. It's right over here. And it was me. Just causing trouble. And nobody thought to think, like, is this real dog shit? No. No, 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 no. That would have taken effort. Wait, did it... It, it was plastic, right? Yeah, it was one of the rubbery ones. It looked yeah. real. It was, it was a good $7 purchase. Yeah. $7. But nobody went to go like, wait, this doesn't smell. Yeah, no one no one thought, hey, the choir can't smell anything. The piano player doesn't smell anything. The guy picked it up with his fucking hand and threw it, and it stayed in form. 
That's so crazy. And they're just walking them around. Bathrooms are here. Here you go, kids. I mean, it is nice for them. I went to school with a bunch of uh, East African immigrants, and they didn't know, like, they knew what the bathroom was, obviously, like, they're not, you know, but they, um, I remember they would, uh, they just, their bathrooms are different, so that a lot of the kids that came from Somalia, because they came during the Civil War, and they would, um, they would stand on the toilet and crouch. Yeah, it's the, uh, by the way, that's the most efficient and healthiest way to yeah, poop. Yeah, yeah. It's like a squatty, straight line. It's a gravitational squatty potty. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, they knew what the bathroom was. They didn't think it was the pastors or under the piano. It was just, so this part right here, this is interesting. So uh, a buddy of mine, who will go unnamed because I don't want to get him in any more trouble, he thought it would be funny. And... He created a series of letters, and as he drove from L.A. to Austin yeah. via Cleveland yeah. to go see his family in Chicago, he was mailing letters to his brother in West Virginia where he had cut out letters saying, hey, I watched your daughter come home from school. She's got a real nice purple backpack because he bought her that for her birthday. Well, they're getting it. They got one from Arizona, one from New Mexico, then one from Colorado. They called the fucking cops. Yeah, of course. Of course, right? Yeah. And he's like, I don't understand why they're so upset. And I was like, as a parent. To a daughter. To a daughter. This It's not even a joke. Like, there's no hint that it could be a joke. <laughs> you, you sent threatening letters to a parent. Your brother went out and bought two guns. You guys, uh, you come from a group of people that's really goes all in on practical jokes. You kind of have to, right? You, you, well, you go on in the experience. I'm a big experiential person, so whether it's a joke or anything else, you've got to go 100% in. You can't, you can't tiptoe around. Like, just dive in. Let's have some fun. I love that you, I love that your mom thinks that you're, you married some, like, random person for a month, and you're like, but you gotta have, you gotta have taste, alright? <laughs> you gotta have taste. <laughs> Listen, gonna be a class, class act. You don't joke about kids. Don't joke about kids. Fuck with parents all you want, as yeah. long as you're fucking with them. Fuck with religion all you want. Fuck with politics all you want. I think cops, judges, politicians. I think they're all. I think they're all fair games, and I think friends ultimately are fair game as well because they're yeah. your friends. Every year, I send out an email, and if you're on the email list, that means you're not getting a gift from me. You would not believe the terror that my phone receives from people that have not gotten that email. Hey, fuckhead. Didn't get an email yet. Did you send it out? Hey, dick nuts, where's the fucking email that says I'm not getting a Christmas gift? You motherfucker, do not send me a fucking gift. My wife is still... I have a buddy in the Netherlands. I sent him an anal casting kit. <laughs> well, it came from overseas, so they had to declare it. So his wife went to the post office to pick it up, and she goes to the post office. She's getting their mail. Wait, an anal casting kit meaning you can cast a mold of your of your own asshole, and then you make chocolates with it. It's, oh. a, it's a full thing, and yeah, then there's yeah. also a chocolate recipe. Okay, okay. Like, it's Generous. a fun treat. Yeah, that's a fun. What's gift. this? My husband's asshole. Nom 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 nom. Yeah, White yeah. White chocolate, milk chocolate, dark chocolate. Get them all in there. Have okay. some fun. I thought it would be hilarious. I thought he would make her. I didn't realize that they declared what it was inside. So she goes in the post office, like, ma'am, here's your stuff. Oh, by the way, you have one more thing. Um, Bill, can you get her a package? I'm like, yeah, one anal casting kit for... <laughs> She's just like... 
<laughs> I get this it's message. Just in the li- there's a line of people like, what? What the fuck? So I get this message from him and he goes, hey, no. You send me normal gifts. We have to declare shit here. Send me normal stuff. We were at a, uh, a bar. That's was, just welcoming. That's welcoming. So many more gifts. Yeah, I'm just like, like oh, here we go. You have to fucking declare them? I have, I've bought a book so many times. The author sends me messages when I slow down buying them and asks me if everything's okay and if I would like a couple of free copies. Yeah. One of it's called Natural Harvest. Now, Natural Harvest is absolutely amazing. It is, I don't, you know, I don't have to pull it up. It is a cookbook uh-huh. where every recipe has come in it. Spunky chicken wings, creamy Alfredo sauce, Jesus creme brulee, and they talk about it like it's ketchup. Like, available in most households, easy to come by, oh within a few minutes. So it's like for giving to your enemies. Uh, I don't know, but we were we were at this bar. I did a couple of live performances up at Lake Shasta. We were up there. I was up yeah. with some buddies. We got with this houseboat. We're, we're on the boat, we're doing all this fun shit, we're bringing other boats, we're just having a blast. Yeah. And we met this bartender, and she'd been there for like 14 years. I was like, oh, that's a really interesting uh, jewelry choice. What are we talking about? I'm like, the gold slice of pizza. Yeah. Not something I would have chosen, and it doesn't seem like it's in your fashion repertoire. How did you come across that and want it? She was, yeah. oh, well, I've, after this is my 10-year gift for bartending here from the owner. A necklace with a golden slice of pizza. She's like, "Yes, I'm gonna get you a better gift." Okay, so we leave, uh-huh. and I order her the Come Cookbook on Prime, delivered next day. We come back in, and this nice, sweet, like fifty-year-old Indian woman, yeah, who if you don't say please and thank you, will not give you another drink. Yeah, she's like, this kid walked in and grabbed a cup. She screamed. You better ask for a fucking cup before you grab one. Yeah. I mean, this lady's hard as... I mean, she's so hard as granite. Yeah. Thanks. I'm like, you know, there's a cum cocktail book as well. I'll get you that one. Oh, my God. That's the one where I'm like... <laughs> but you, if you have people over and you have that book, right, and they come over and you invited them for dinner, it's a fun conversation starter. Well, it's also going to make them not eat your food. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, so it's, it, by the way. <laughs> then you don't have to cook. You don't have to cook, right? So Natural Harvest, folks, is on Amazon. It is um, the Natural Harvest cookbook. But now I just, I really now want to, because by the way, it's got all the stars. It's got all, you've got, you can get it for Kindle, which is kind of fun. Great. You know, or you can get paperback. By the way, I'm not being cheap here. Paperback's $25. Yeah. It's it's nice. That's a good gift. But when they talk about it, here's the product description. And this author, he's a French guy. He's also got a cum cocktail book, which all of my bartender friends have. So when someone goes, what should I have? I don't know what I want. They just throw down the cum cocktail book and go, Jimmy will nut soon. What do you want? <laughs> I'll have a beer. <laughs> Thanks. But here it is. Semen. It is not only nutritious, but it has... But it also has the wonderful texture and amazing cooking properties. Like a fine wine or cheese, the taste of semen is complex and dynamic. Semen is inexpensive to produce and is commonly available in many, if not most, homes and, wait for it, restaurants. Despite all of these positive qualities, and I think we've really named a lot of positive qualities here, semen remains neglected as a food. 
This book hopes to change that. Once you have overcome the initial hesitation, Andy, yes, you will be surprised to learn how wonderful semen is in the kitchen. Semen is an exciting ingredient that can give every dish you make an interesting twist. If you are a passionate cook and you're not afraid to experiment with new ingredients, you will love this cookbook. This is the perfect way to get to know my cooking before... Wait, is he being... No, this is serious. He is being serious. No, he's dead fucking serious. He's not... Not a joke. He's not pranking people. Nope. And then he has Semenology, which is his The Semen Bartender's Handbook. And the cover of Semenology is is the winner because it just kind of pours the... <laughs> no, this is why I wish I had video. Because <laughs> your face... Oh, God. Now, I could get Todd... It's so weird because it's I like... Could get, but I could get Todd a nice Ibel shirt and some local stuff from Austin here, or we could send him a couple of books. True. Which one do you think Todd would prefer? Because I have his... Home, he was nice enough to give me his home mailing address. I said, Todd, I've got a gift for you. Haven't decided what yet. You're going to love it. I mean, it's a great conversation starter. I For some reason, it... For some reason, it's making me <laughs> want to barf, but... <laughs> oh, God. You're like, can we talk more about serial killers? Yeah, I want to I watch a lady get dismembered rather than <laughs> talk about eating cum. <laughs> this, uh... I sent it to my buddy for his birthday. Yeah. And his kids were there. Oh, no. And he opened it up. <laughs> and I just got a text. Hey, motherfucker. Now I have to explain what cum is. <laughs> to my 10-year-old. Jesus Christ. I'm not a good friend. Well, you keep it, you know, you keep it lively. That's yeah. fun. I definitely would, uh, I'd be one of the people that was like, don't, don't fucking send me something this year, dude. Or, or vagina perfume. That's, that kind of makes sense. So if you, there's this beautiful commercial of this. It's out of Germany. Shocking. Yeah. And there's this lady, and she's riding an exercise bike, and there's her coach. He's like, go, go. And the camera angles at her face, and it's kind of going down her body. And then it kind of comes behind at the butt angle. And he goes, up, and she comes up, and she's riding, and a little drop of sweat drips from her cooch and hits the seat and splashes. And then she leaves, and the coach comes by, and he sniffs that seat. <laughs> and then they're like, pick your model. Pick your vagina. Get your scent. Wait, so this is uh, actually yeah. made from... From a lady's hoo-hoo. Wow. The shit I find. And because of this podcast and that I talk about this stuff, the People shit that's sent to me yeah. is just as disturbing. Well, didn't didn't Gwyneth Paltrow make a candle that smelled like vaginas? Yeah. I bet it doesn't. It smell. doesn't because none of those candles do. Like I bought a candle the other day. It's like thunderstorms. I'm like I fucking love thunderstorms. Like this is a fucking flower. Yeah. It all it all smells the same at some point. It's it's flowers or wood. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like maple leather wood. Yeah. You know, barn spring wood flowers or wood. <laughs> Maybe a mix of both. You know, someone just got real fucking lucky. And like, it's you know. Yeah. By the way, the barn smells like shit and hay. All right, yeah. give me that scent. I actually kind of would like. I, I love the smell. Uh, horse and cow shit I don't mind it it like when I'm driving through someplace yeah. I know that sounds weird but I'm just like ah oh, I must be in the country you know the stinky moo moo's falling right everywhere Talk this is the part of the movie where uh, they bring in um, 
Brian Cox, and this is uh, Brian Cox pre um, Succession. So it's like it's prime time Brian Cox. What do you do? You, have you watched Succession? All of it. Yeah. All of it. I love it. Yeah. Brian Cox is great. He's uh, he's like uh, what did somebody? There was like a meme going around that Brian Cox is the white Samuel Jackson. I would, I'd be down with that. Yeah. His his the the drug addict son, the Hunter Biden of the uh, of the. Oh yeah the, yeah. Um, what is that guy's name? He's good though, cause he's he's. Kendall, Kendall Kendall Roy constantly making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Constantly. Well, he's just like he is such a drug addict. I can say that as somebody who's sober, and uh, he's also. Um, you know, he's exactly the character he would be. I mean, he is the Kendall Roy, yeah, or yeah. the uh, Hunter Biden. He's like, he in his ideas, he thinks he's either making his dad proud or he thinks he's gaining respect by challenging him, and it's always so cringe. And you know, he and it's like I'm gonna change the world with this. Look at this T-shirt, and you're just like, I don't, I don't know if that's world changing. Are you okay, bro? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fucking great. We need to get the press out on this. Yeah, get a picture of me in my T-shirt. Yeah, he's like. I, I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's um, it's it's a out there HBO, fascinating. Yeah, they're really putting out some. This is the prime time for content. Dude, I mean, there's like, I think five hundred. Uh, I think somebody said there was five hundred scripted shows. Really. In production this year. It's like well, they got the backlog. I guess two years of COVID. Yeah. Right. Because that would have been weird. Well, yeah. You know, I'm interested by this. You brought this up, or I brought this up, and then you, you added on it. But we never did, there was never a series where people were wearing masks. I think. That I that I, that I watched, I should say. But I found that interesting, because it. I don't think that they've had, like, a HBO series. In that movie, I just saw um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh, is that good? That? Uh, yeah, it's amazing. It. It's great. Okay. Uh, it's like a low-budget sci-fi movie kind of with with like a lot of like kind of heart and psychology and stuff like that but it's kind of done in like a in like an artsy way like there's not like a lot of special effects that kind of like make it like when people travel in dimensions they put in like a shitty bluetooth headpiece <laughs> you know and that's like the old Jabra yeah, wrap it around exactly, the exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. but like the one that you would buy at the gas station that was like you know made in China um, everything's made in China. I don't know why I differentiated. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's they didn't. I think they had some like reality shows that were like purposely made to be like, hey, we're in the pandemic. Like we have to, you know, like all that shit that came out on Zoom. Yeah, but because even like the cooking shows, they didn't wear masks. Like Chopped. No. Uh, tournament of champions, or like less people in the audience, properly spaced. I was on a couple things where it was like very minor, and we had to like start testing like weeks out, you know. Oh wow! Yeah, like so when when you were like on something, it was like during that time, especially you know they still are like pretty uh, stringent with the whole testing thing. This is I, this is actually something that I wanted to talk about. Please. Was that every time they have a code. Uh, a cipher in um, one of these movies. The guy who solves it always solves it because he's like, uh, this symbol right here is, um, this symbol right here is repeated and uh, that just means it's an E or an O. Right? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yep. And that's like all code breaking is. They're like, find the E's or the O's and then we're good. 
I mean, I, I'll tell you, I'm in all the things that he does, the fact that Elon Musk hasn't told us who the Zodiac is is why I leave the case open. Did did uh, did he chime in on the revelation of who the DNA people said it was or whatever? No, but I'm just saying, I mean, you're smart, you smartest richest guy in the world. Why don't yeah. you throw a billion bucks and find out who the Zodiac is, Elon? I mean, I feel like we're like... A couple years away. Did you see that movie or that show Devs? Yeah. You Loved know how it. they could like rewind time? Mm hmm. They gotta be able to do that pretty soon where they just look at everything and where they're just like, well, this is. I mean, it'd be great for being a parent because they'd be like, you didn't flush. And the kid would be like, I flushed. And then they'd be like, you're. You did flush. You didn't and they'd flush. Be like, All right, I'm grounded for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> This that, is, uh, that show Devs was really good. I actually drank at this place one time when I drank called Trader Sam's. I drank there with my friend's dad, who was a cokehead and an alcoholic. And he was like an old Irish guy from San Francisco. So every time he got stopped, he could just show some, you know, like, I know all the cops kind of thing. Oh, wow. And he, he was just shit-faced all the time. It was great. It was a great experience. And I drank one of these things, and I absolutely ended up on my fucking ass. Trader Vicks, Trader Vicks. Trader Vicks, it's a great spot. My uh, my old man, my, my first stepdad, <clears throat> raging alcoholic. Yeah. And I, came, I went up to him once, 19, and I said, hey, why don't we go down to the Marina Key, which is a little place um, in Big Fork, Montana, on the water there, a little resort, kind of hotel place. Let's just have some beers. You and me, yeah. beer for beer. He looks at me and he goes, son, I spill more than you drink. <laughs> and the next thing I remember is I'm getting thrown in the back of the pickup truck and taken home. <laughs> he drove. Yeah. Of course. Of course, yeah. yeah. It's Montana. Uh, five beers still left open that he took from the bar, put them in the fridge, and when I woke up the next morning, he had me finish them. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Hair I haven't had a, well, I've never <laughs> had a hangover, so I don't... I don't Really? No. I mean, that's... I probably... Half of me dr quitting drinking is hangovers. I was going to ask, if you don't mind saying, what what led to quitting drinking? I mean, was it something profound, or was it just you going, that's just something I don't want in my life anymore? Um, no, it was like I, I was party kid in high school, and uh, it was fun. And then um, I started to black out and not have fun, like, you know, around college. Get arrested. I got arrested a bunch. Flip, flipped a minivan. You oh, know? Jesus. Flipped just, a minivan? That's yeah. an effort. I would just, uh, it was like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of thing. And it was like, I never, I really luckily, I, I mean, besides getting in a few fist fights, besides like, you know, definitely pissing some people off, I really ended up like lucky. I never hurt anybody. I never, uh, you know, uh, committed a crime crime. You know, assaulted anybody. I never did any of that. I uh, just was an asshole. You know, I was the type of guy who, when I got drunk, I thought the funniest thing was to do the most inappropriate thing. You know, like how funny will everybody think if I throw the TV in the pool? You know, like <laughs> I didn't do that actually, but you know, like if I shit in the washing machine, yeah, will it wash the shit or will the shit just go away? Yeah, I, I broke bottles over my head. You oh, know, damn. I just like I would just like oh, what would what would make them very angry in an entertaining way? 
but then I blacked out too and just like you know all bets were off um, so that was like around age 20 21 and I was like getting in trouble a lot so I uh, I was like I can't drink but then I just smoked pot and then um, smoked pot for a long time and I don't think pot is like a a, a bad drug if you can do it uh, minimally but I, I'm a drug addict alcoholic so I just I just started away doing from it. it well I just couldn't I can't do anything in uh, moderation it's it's like completely out of my vocabulary it's like I but when it's gone do you then crave it is that it's like um, I can't do anything in moderation either but when it's gone it's gone so as an example uh, a buddy of mine former NBA player he's like I gotta get rid of this shit I'm I'm getting addicted to these opioids and you know he was a player yeah and he had a bottle like your Coke can. And it was full. Yeah. And I was like, I'll take him. He was like, okay. And in a month, I dusted that bottle. And every night, I mean, I also didn't shit for a month because it just turned your intestines into yeah, fucking cement. Yeah. But when it was gone, I'm like, okay. Like, I just... My ADHD in yeah. the short term, like, the addiction is, is, is hyper-aggressive and real for the moment that it's there. Yeah, and then as soon as it's gone, I do not care about it. Do not think about it. Do not want it. Do not look for it. It is gone. So therefore, it is not in my purview anymore. I, I don't. Well, you're not a drug addict then. <laughs> I, 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 but like, it's you're weird. Questionable still, but just not that. Because I, when I quit smoking pot, I was like, uh, it was fine, right? Yeah. But until I made that decision to quit smoking pot. The second I was out of pot, I was going to go buy more pot. Oh, wow. So it was like until I was like, oh, I'm not going to smoke pot anymore. It was like, and booze wasn't the same because, I don't know, I, 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 I eventually had such a negative experience with it that it was just like, it didn't matter. I'm not going to, I'm just, you know, like, I, I didn't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. And I would end up begrudgingly drinking and things like that. But with, uh, with, with pot it was just like it was so easy I could do so much and like the consequences in my mind were never it wasn't that big of a deal you know like yeah. oh I was like kind of lackadaisical and goofy for what you know this many years I don't you know it was just like you don't you don't get high and accidentally punch your best friend and try to, you know, fuck the neighbor. Like, it's just like... Knocking on the door in the middle of the night. You awake? You want a cow's on a boner? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just like the... It was more just like not, you know, just not being around for a, a decade mentally. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so now it was like when it... I mean, I think other things like... I think like you know there's certain drugs where you literally gain a dependence on them mm -hmm. like fucking coffee if I don't have coffee like within two hours of waking up I'm like headache like you know that whole thing oh yeah oh yeah I, uh, I get up at 5am rock star yeah. or a really really strong like triple espresso yeah yeah well whatever's whatever's on sale and that'll you know just I'm up at 4.30 but I, the only reason I'm up is because tinnitus my ears ring so loud I can't oh, sleep oh really Fuck, man. And there, it's so loud that it crackles like a bad radio when it gets stressed. Is that from stressed. music or from... Music and just, I mean, just me doing dumb, weird, experiential shit where I'm like, this would be fun. And it was fun. Yeah. But, I mean, I can't fucking hear. I'm an old guy 
now, not not that old, but uh, I um, I went to like a concert the other night, and it wasn't like a band I loved or anything, so I wasn't really like you know like I wasn't that, but I wanted to hear them because yeah. I, I I liked what I'd heard of this band. They're like Mogwai. Don't know. They're kind of like sound. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. They don't sing. Okay. They just play rock. Nice. Um, and uh, the uh, like by the time I left, my fucking like my ears were ringing, and <laughs> I kind of had like a little bit of a headache, and I was like, oh, I don't, I, I don't do that anymore. Like I don't, like I'm the old guy. Like I need to wear. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna be the guy at the rock concert with the earplugs. Yeah. Like it's like. It's uh, it's it's rough on you. I mean, it really does. The the tinnitus thing does fuck with me, um, to where I don't sleep a lot. Jesus Christ! But then I mean, it's like four hours, four four and a half hours is about what I get. Yeah. And that's with melatonin. You know, take one melatonin, take two, so I can sleep. Yeah, four hours, four and a half hours, and then. I'm a disaster without sleep. I I just learned not to be, uh, but I used to be. I mean, I, like when I was in my twenties, man, I could fucking six nights in a row get between three and five hours of sleep and I was just like you know I was kind of out of it but I could just pound a bunch of coffee and stuff like that now I'll go like three nights in a row of like five hours of sleep just because of travel schedules or something like that work schedules things like that and I'll fucking I'll just my mind deteriorates I'm like you're a failure you're never gonna (laughs) you know just like the fatigue of fucking getting after it yeah we uh it's funny because now because I don't sleep a lot and I love sleep so much people around me like my my daughter and my place my dog's walking around I'm like hey fucker so you're that light of a sleeper too I'm a really light sleeper but I just I know how awesome sleep is and how much I miss it and so I don't want to wake anybody up when I'm up at 5 she's up at 6.45 I'm quiet to go to school well she got up at 6.45 because I'll make her breakfast eggs and you know I cook the kid up get her ready we make lunch together we go through the whole thing because I just want her to know this is where the food's coming from this is what you've got if you don't like your lunch you fucking help me make it I don't want to hear shit (laughs) listen if I just made it and gave it to you I get it dad didn't like it this is such a Montana dad thing it's just we hunted this bread. Yes. Well, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, that was it. You know, I mean, I, we made our own bullets so we could, because uh, we were poor, so we could go hunt, so we could eat in the winter. Jesus meat. Christ. Yeah. That is not my experience. September, making bullets. October, hunting, skinning the deer, you know, gutting the deer, packing it out, skinning it, cutting it up, taking it to How the How many butcher. deer do you need for a winter? You need uh, one elk, two whitetail, one muley. And then my dad... Became, That'll get you through the winter? Yeah. It's a bit... Elk's huge. Yeah. Now, you you usually get the muley... Because um, what you'll do is... <clears throat> those four animals... Take it to the butcher. And we couldn't afford to pay for them to cut it for us... And give us all the meat. Yeah. So it's... You know, we get three quarters. They get a quarter. And they sell that quarter. So then oh. they would sell it. So they'll butcher for free. If they can sell some of your meat. So they make money. Yeah. Because they're already butchering anyways. It's you not were like raised just an Alaskan bush person kind of it was just weird but it's all I knew I mean I didn't know any different my dad is he would uh, did you know you were poor 
Yeah, I knew I was poor. Okay. Yeah, no, I knew I was poor. I mean, we just. <laughs> I mean, like I, I remember I wanted to go to summer camp, and my dad's like, "We can go. To, you can go to summer camp. You can." Now your mom and I won't eat that week. Oh my god! So, and obviously it's up to you. I am happy to send you to summer camp. Jesus Christ! But we're just there's not going to be any power at the house, <laughs> and we're not going to eat. But if you'd like to go, I, I will fill this form out for you. The uh, and I'm nine. Yeah. Weighing the options, going. I mean, you're a little tubby. <laughs> I don't yeah, fuck I mean. yeah, or he would take me bear hunting with him, but he bow bear hunted. So I'm ten. I've got a He's bow bear hunted. Yes, we had I a bow and arrow. A thing. And he, but I'm standing next to him with a 300 H and H. The barrels doing fucking figure eights. So hold it still. If I miss the bear, you've got to shoot it. It's going to charge us. I'm like, yeah, this is. You can't get one of your fucking friends to do this with you. Why's your son out here doing this shit? Would he? Do you? When you shoot a bear with a bow, with a bow, do you eat that meat? The fat is awesome because so up in Northwest, uh, we have these berries called huckleberries. Yeah, yeah, right. And then we got the Bing cherries as well, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, which come go over to Seattle. Those huckleberries make that fat almost a hint of blue. Yeah, and it makes it a really sweet, amazing fat. And bear jerky's good, really good. Now bear, you almost have to only do jerky with. Because whereas pork would give you trichinosis back in the day, bear meat will really give you trichinosis. Like, that's the trichinosis danger. You can yeah. eat pork basically off the fucking shelf raw, and you're not going to get trichinosis. Not saying to do that, folks. It's not a recommendation. Not a doctor. Not a food scientist. But bear, for sure. Like, trichinosis, out the ass. Don't fuck with it. Oh, so it's like a like you just can't eat bear meat. Unless it's, like, well done. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're not getting a medium rare bear steak. Yeah, because I don't ever see people eating bear. No, just bear jerky. It's really good. That's insane. It's really good because it's, it's a hearty, tough meat. I'm, uh, like, I don't eat land meat. I what eat is some that? What fish. Is, I eat some okay. fish. Well, I don't say I'm a vegetarian because people like, like Is it pescatarian? Yeah, but it's like, I don't. I guess I can say it now. I guess everybody has a fucking title. <laughs> if you can be. You know, a pansexual. Then I can be a, pan, a pescatarian. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I just don't eat like a chicken or beef or whatever. Um, so I've never like had those weird meats. I've never had like ostrich or camel. I you know what's really, really I have venison, camel milk. Really? But you can't you can't get it here because if you pasteurize camel milk, it makes it poisonous. And the government won't let you drink raw camel milk here in the U.S. Wait, why would it make it poisonous? Some with the milk. Raw, it's loaded with nutrition. It's amazing. And it's amazing for you. And it tastes fucking decadent. It's yeah. so good. But you pasteurize it, it's, it's dog shit. Um, do I need to tell you? What? Tell me whatever you want. You can edit this out. I, okay. I, I have to go in 15 minutes. That's fine. Okay, cool. We don't have to edit that out. We're all good. We're just chatting. Don't worry about it. All right. Just didn't want to. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no, so that's that's one of the weird things. Uh, but camel milk's awesome. Uh, I haven't eaten camel. I've had ostrich, I've had bison. That'd be funny if that was like a misheard thing. I'd like camel milk tea, and then the person thought you said camel milk tea. <laughs> they're sorry, like, that was stupid, but. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, uh, sir, I'm sorry, that's illegal. We're going to have to call someone. Wait, so did now. you have it at a camel farm? Uh, I was able to get it. Um, because someone that I know has camels. Really? You want to try it. Same with like fresh goat's milk. Delicious. 
I actually, I like goat's milk. Like, I don't do a lot of dairy either. And uh, the, uh, uh, I, uh, the fuck was I going to say? Um, but I like goat's milk. Goat's milk's fucking, you're a goat's milk ice cream? Yeah, it's delicious. It's fucking great. It texture's amazing. It's great. It's great. It's like goat's cheese, but ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> I dig it. I'm, I'm a big fan. But I'm a big fan of all that shit. I mean, I just, you know, I went to Thailand. I remember I'm at this resort, and I tell the guy, I'm like, hey, I want some food. Yeah. And I want it hot. And I want that white guy hot shit. I want it Thai hot. And they're like, okay, and the chef would be like, here you go. I'm like, no, not hot enough. Next day, come in. He's like, all right, here you go. Next day, come in. Here you go. And finally, the guy's like, all right, legit, this is fucking hot now. Talking, my head sweating, my collar's wet, but I can taste all the flavors because it's not like a Carolina Reaper, like that fucking popcorn. It's really layered flavor. And the heat's coming, but you're still getting hints of basil and lemongrass. And you, I mean, this, this amazing Kosoi guy, which is this northern red Thai chili stew. And it's got, you know, mustard leaves in it, and spinach leaves in it, and then a couple of fried chicken drumsticks and these noodles and the pepper flakes where you go through it and they're like crystallized because they're so spicy. It's like, you're like scraping it off and it's falling in. So fucking good. So amazing. So you're hallucinating it's so a little hot. bit yeah i hallucinate <laughs> on that on that reaper stuff yeah that was like getting hot jesus christ i mean my head i felt like i had eaten 100 milligrams of edibles i was just because when the heat finally left the high was still there the endorphins were just like bumping around in my brain like crazy i don't so i don't do any drugs now but i do a lot of like um like uh steam rooms banyas mm -hmm. things like that do you do the cold stuff as well? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, this, I feel weird because I don't feel like I'm, like, not able to do the cold plunge. I always do the cold plunge. Mm -hmm. But now I have these friends that do, like, ice baths. Yeah. And they, like, they're like, all right, I stay in for six minutes or something like that. So try to stay in for two, you know? Try to go for two. And I make it, I, only, I always make it, like, 90 seconds. But um, I do the cold plunge, but I just don't last. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I give you like you should do it. I'm old. My joints hurt all the fucking time. I get in that shit, and it's wild. Yeah. It's just it's. I, I and I'm with you. Ninety seconds. I'm fucking out, man. I don't need my nipples to cut glass so I can break into a jewelry store and steal some steal some diamonds. Some nipple rings. Some nipple rings. Um. <laughs> I uh. I I see it. Um. I see it now with like. Uh, you know, like Rogan. Mm -hmm. Rogan's into ice baths and things like that. Apparently, it has all these like medicinal kind of therapeutic properties to being, you know, cold like that. And um, but so does the heat, right? The heat chakras, the heat proteins that are produced. If you're in a room over what 120 degrees for five minutes, you um, you get these heat shock proteins, which help rebuild. Yeah. And um, and have some other regenerative qualities. Yeah. After after a workout. I, mine all just comes with I like to sweat it out. It's like, that's, it, I'm not, I, I almost don't care about the science, although it intrigues me. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I just want to sweat all this gross out of me. You know, that's like my, that's my whole goal is just like, get it out. <laughs> I know when I've eaten really bad food, like I just haven't stuck to a healthy food regimen. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I'll go sweat it out. Like, fuck, my armpits are stinky today. Dude. Or I went to Brazil, the Department of Commerce, thank you taxpayers, sent us down there to do some work. Uh -huh. 
And I was in Brazil for three weeks. Yeah. Eating it, all the food. Yeah. Lost 15 pounds. Uh, and the lady, we had a maid, and she would come in, and our clothes, and our, the first week, they smelled sweet, and like rotten sweet. Yeah. She goes, oh, American. Really? I'm like, how do you know? She goes, your, your clothes stink. And when we left, like, I didn't wear deodorant. I didn't have to. Because? They don't have no processed food. Yeah. No GMOs. They don't care what the fucking plantain looks like. It came off the vine. Eat it or don't. Yeah. Everything's natural. Yeah. So they don't do fast food. You know, where we have a Starbucks and a McDonald's on every corner, they got a Brazilian jiu-jitsu studio on every fucking corner. Yeah, that's like, uh, I, somebody said that, uh, like, in Europe, they deem half the food we eat as toxic. Yes. Or something like that. You go over there, and it's wild. Because uh, we were in France for a couple of weeks, and hanging out, I mean, fresh croissants every morning, yeah. homemade preserves, I mean, cognac country, getting a shot of cognac with my espresso every morning. Once again, losing weight. Yeah. Just eating all that duck breast. <laughs> I, I, was, I told the guy, I called him over. I said, hey, I'm sorry, sir. I think you brought me steak. Yeah. This is thick and red. He goes, yeah, that's what a real duck breast looks like. I mean, he was just offended that I didn't know what a real duck breast. Because I'm French. used to. You, you got to love them. You got to love them, right? They're like, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. But it was, it was crazy. We, did, we were out one night, and we were. Uh, I figured out that you could light Quantra on fire. Oh, yeah. And so we would do the we call gumball shots, and you'd light the quantra on fire, and you slap your hand over the flame, and with a little bit of space, it sticks to your hand, and you shake it on your hand like this, so it's it's levitating on the side, rip it off, shoot it, and then inhale the gas, and it makes a bubblegum flavor. So, I'm I'm at this bar, we're telling we're telling all these bar stories. The bartender in Angoulême speaks English he goes why don't you come back and bartend so I'm back there I'm bartending in this in the city of Angoulême in France that's built on the wall that protected the Christians from the Romans serving cocktails pouring bo- I'm opening bottles of champagne I'm having a blast yeah. and I meet this beautiful young woman and I'm telling her this story and she goes well, show me so I light it on fire and I'm talking to her and I'm telling the story and this thing's just on fire my buddy's like, hey, I'm like, get into the punchline. He goes, you're drinking. I go, oh, yeah, let me do my drink. Slam my hand down. Well, that glass is hot. And it's burning. And I'm like, ah, fuck. And they're like, yeah, he's doing it. He's shaking it. Look at him shaking it. And then muscle memory. I rip it off. And then, and I burn the corners of my mouth with the hot glass. Jesus Christ. And then I bring it up and I inhale. And then I burn the top of my lip with the hot, just a fucking moron. You probably had a shot with this hot lady too, and now. Oh yeah, and she's just like she's like. I'll just have a glass of wine. Your hands burned and your face is burned. You're like, she, oh, trust me, I'm a professional. She's like, fucking gross Americans. Yeah. Let me get out of here. Um. Yeah, that you know that sounds like my drinking history. Just burning myself and hurting myself, especially I, you know, when I had a, a shot with. It was always, it, it always lined up when I like had a shot to hook up with somebody. Oh, and yeah. then I would just like you know fall off a cliff into a snowbank. I would I would uh, I'm big with the Irish goodbyes. Yeah, oh, just yeah. the captain of disappearing and people not knowing where the fuck I'm at. Yeah, because I would I wouldn't. I don't know what it, it's something about me. If I realize I'm getting a little tipsy mm-hmm. and I meet someone, I'm like, oh, she's pretty. I leave because I know I'm gonna fuck it up. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah. I'm just gonna, 
I've, I've made a slightly good impression. Uh-huh. And then all I'm thinking in the back of my head is, hey, maybe she'll listen to the podcast. Maybe yeah. that's the one extra number that, that puts you to the next level of, uh, you know, of, of getting paid more. Yeah. Who knows? Don't fuck this up. There's always that little voice <laughs> in the back there. It's like, you got, you got beers at home. Just go home. Just have beer. And that used to be. And then I had my daughter. And like, I have a beer on this show. Yeah. But I don't have any more today. Like, I just don't care anymore. It's just not... It, I don't know. It lost its appeal to me. I don't know where it lost its appeal to me. Like, I love a good glass of wine. Yeah. But outside of that, it just lost its appeal. I think that's the only thing that I wish I could drink. Wine? Just like, you know, when you like big summer dinner, mm-hmm. you know, you're like out and like, sometimes I'll get invited to something fancy where I'm like, you know, on a big long table and pasta and all that stuff. I went to the south of France too. Went down to like nice uh, by Marseille. There's this town called Cassis, and there's these oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. big inlets called uh, the Colonks. Okay, you know, I'd be like at some like fucking amazing outdoor restaurant, and it's like, yeah, I'll have a diet coke, you know, with my fucking fine French food, or I'll have a water. It's like you know, it would be nice if I could enjoy those things. I don't miss them that much, but you know. There, there are the moments. I, I understand. I was, um, I think I've, I've told this a couple of times, but uh, my first real job out of school, I was, or second real job, I was at this PR firm. And we launch a security company, a couple of them through SRI, Stanford Research Institute. Okay. And we fly out Senator Fred Thompson. We've got all these other big wigs. And I did, I guess, a pretty good job because the owner of the PR firm, my boss, and then Senator Fred Thompson invited me to dinner at Spago with them. Okay. And so they're going around and they're talking. You know, what are we going to get to drink? And I already know. I mean, I am FOB from Montana. I'm 330 pounds. I'm bald. I've got a red goatee. And I'm like, Coors Light. I know the guy's coming around. And I'm like, well, what are you guys thinking? And Senator Fred Thompson and the guy from SRI are like, well, should we do the bottle of 82 Chateau Lafitte? Yeah, and the yeah. guy's like, we only have three of those left. They're like, well, we'll get all three bottles. <laughs> and then how many of the 84 do you have? I'm like, well, we have like five of the 84 left. They're like, okay. You know, so... Well, hold us two of the 84s then. And what about the um, appetit and the diet? They're going through all this. The guy comes by me. He stole my water. I'm like, can I get a Coors Light? And my boss is like, he'll have the wine. So they bring the wine out. Pour glasses. I take a sip. I'm like, shit, that's good. Just drank whatever little thing they gave me. Yeah. My boss is like, that was like a $300 drink of wine. <laughs> I'm like, I will throw it up and drink it again. I wanted a fucking Coors Light. $4. Yeah. We get done with dinner. There was... Ten of us, maybe eleven. Fifty thousand dollar tab. Jesus Christ! And this guy dropped a black card like it was nothing. Like right. just didn't even spog out. Just like Meh. anyways. And I'm like, that's my salary. There goes my yearly salary. Yeah. Just walked right back over there, and I don't. What, I don't what do you tip? What do you tip on a fifty thousand dollar tab? I think I think there should be a restaurant where you go and you can order all that stuff, and then they don't bring it out. And they go, instead, we're going to give this to a guy who's in crippling debt. <laughs> and you can just, you'll see the joy on his face. And then you can go get a taco. And then, by the way, we've got a taco <laughs> truck outside. Bob does a hell of a job. Yeah, those yeah. are free. Those are free. <laughs> get a free taco. And, because you like aged, six packs of Bartles and James on the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go get them. It's great. Just just go get them. Hey, so, I know we've, we've really diverted off this movie. Uh... More importantly, I appreciate you coming down to this. This is so random. Of course, you yeah, know, man. I like to say this. I like to close out with this. 
uh, and, and um, I really do mean it. So we can, you know, we've talked about food and stuff, and you can you can go to the store and hang out and, and have a good time and, and see what's going on and all that jazz and really, really embrace life. Or, you know, you can, uh, you can do whatever the hell you want, right? Yeah. Just run around, have fun. But you get to go keep doing those things. You know, the bread goes bad, you go pick up new bread. If yeah. pesky avocado goes bad, you get a new fucking avocado. It just doesn't fucking matter. But time's the one thing we don't get back. Yeah. And to not know me from Adam, to get a text message on the wrong day, <laughs> to spend two hours basically with a fucking stranger talking about random shit and, and personal stuff as well. And come. And come. And a lot of talk <laughs> about come. Uh, it, it, it means the world to me because that's a lot of come talk you're never going to get back. Oh. You know, your wife, you're going to go back and see your wife. She's going to be like, how was it? You're like, there was a moment where I almost threw up. Yeah. And he stole that moment from me. Like, I would have liked to have traded those 20 minutes. Maybe you can go back and listen to it. You can go back and listen to it. it. Honey, I'm going to share this, just this troubling part with you. But no, in all sincerity, it it does. It means a lot because time's the one one commodity we don't get back. And in not getting that back for you to share your time with me uh, means the world to me. So thank Uh, you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. I really, I had a great time. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Folks, check out the Zodiac. Let me know who you think the killer is. Obviously... Elon Musk will solve this before he dies or takes us to Mars or maybe we'll find the killer along with Hoffa's body on Mars and then that'll pick up a lot then ancient aliens can really have a good time with what the fuck is going on with this they're going to have some great content (laughs) with all that said here it is now folks your time your favorite moment of the day of the podcast of your lives the time my daughter sang about the first time she took a shit by herself Here you go, folks. Enjoy. Peace.